And if you think a warm December is all lies, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff. It's the finale of New Metal May, gentlemen. Holla fucking Luya. Oh, man. And we are talking about Third Strike and The Fifth Element tonight. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a creature feature for you guys tonight. It's a double feature. See, sometimes you have bands that you like, and they only put out one album. Sometimes maybe that's a good thing, just, you know, judging how some bands' uh, careers ended up going. Oh, <clears throat> my vein. And, uh, oh, no, there was more than one good album. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But There was one in three quarters. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, yeah, so, we, you know, we did a creature feature last year, and uh, we'll do them every now and again, roll them out. Uh, this week, we just have two bands that uh, me and Joe especially are really passionate about. Well, um, I'm passionate about one of them. Ouch, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> it's going to. I know it will. Oh, man. Well, we're going to get all into that. But first, got to go over some feedback. Well, before we get into listener feedback, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and we've got something in the works for you guys. We've decided that if we can get at least 10 new reviews on our Apple Podcasts or Facebook page, we will tally them up. So five on one, five on the other, that's still 10 as far as... As far as my math tells me. So Dan can do math. It's impressive. So if we get 10 reviews within the next month, in the spirit of New Metal May, we're going to record a New Metal cover song that was made famous by Limp Biscuit. It is actually a cover, and the song is called Faith. So we're going to do a cover of a cover? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go right back to George Michael. Or maybe I'll just do Dr. Claw the whole time. I have no idea. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's either going to do it like George Michael or like Dr. Claw. I'm going to do it probably like Fred Durst. Can I do it as Papa Amaritas from the band Ghost? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that is so, uh, so what three cover songs for the price of one. Yeah, Joe's is going to be shit is what he's saying. <laughs> Only if you haven't accepted the Lord and Master Satan. You do that too well sometimes. It's funny. That's something that's going to be kind of incentive for you guys. So if you do it, you'll get that cover song. If you don't do it, wah, wah, wah. Uh, but thank you so much for everybody that has left reviews. We will read them on the show, uh, even during this contest. So we really uh, would appreciate your guys' honest feedback on what we've been doing. And uh, if there's anything you think we can do better, we will try to do so. So we got a tweet from Daniel Buchanan. Recently started listening to the podcast. Enjoying everything so far for May and the backlog I'm checking out too. Good stuff. Have you guys discussed Drowning Pool yet? Dave's death and the numerous replacements to follow? Well, it's on the list now. Yeah, we'll definitely get to it eventually. Yeah, I know we, um, talking about Drowning Pool, Dave's mic um, is actually with the lead singer of El Nino. They were real real tight. 
And we just did a, an El Nino episode, so you should go back and check that one out if you haven't yet, because uh, that was a band that toured an awful lot with Drowning and Pool back in the day. Yeah, we also got another comment uh, from Derek Solberg on Facebook, and it says, uh, new listener recommended by Roach Coach and Toomey. So I'll so I'm still catching up on the episodes. Love what you guys are doing. Another pod I look forward to every week. Would be interested in a disturbed and a demon hunter episode somewhere down the line. Agreed with everything in this episode except that I still enjoyed Found and Lost. Oh, <laughs> after that took after that it took a shit. Keep up the fun, good work. <laughs> well, we can agree on the, the took a shit part. Yeah, and that was in reference to our Mudvayne episode. Uh, thank you, Derek. I appreciate having you as a listener, man. We got a YouTube comment. This is from Slaytongue, also about Mudvayne. Chad's clean vocals in the first two albums is insane. Started to lose it in Lost and Found, then was gone forever after that. I'm not going to say it was gone, but it definitely wasn't what we came to know and love about his performance. I think he means it in the way that I, uh, the way that I took it is that like almost like the dude damaged his voice. I don't think kind of like how steven tyler could never go back to what he did in the past because he, he fucked up his voice so much or he just lost the passion uh, i don't know about that i mean he's 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 loving the paycheck from hell yeah so and he sounds like shit there too very true <laughs> so stay tuned for the uh, hell yeah episode <laughs> just slid that one right in there jeff didn't you <laughs> spoiler alert yeah i did <laughs> speaking of il nino we got a tweet from ac alt one great episode probably one of my favorites Dan made a good point about One Nation Underground. It really did push the boundaries of new metal. How hard can you go before you're out of new metal and into something else? Metalcore? I went to their tour back in 2016, where they performed Revolution Revolution in its entirety. Sick. Hell yes. That's awesome. Needless to say, it was fantastic. And Joe listening to Does This Look Infected? Fuck yeah! <laughs> I've spun that album and Chuck hundreds of times. Definitely in favor of a Sum 41 episode. I will add that to the list as we speak. Nice. That'd be a fun episode. I mean, I know they get shit on a lot, but they're a fun band. Yeah, they really are. There's so much more metal in Sum 41 than you would think on the surface. I know. Because I think most people think pop punk band, but I mean, Chuck was predominantly thrash metal you yep. know and uh but I it mean, had that fun some 41 spin to it yeah at one point i mean there was a real reason why uh rob halford said that they were the future of, of metal i mean he really did you know rob really did believe that just it didn't come to fruition as as we hoped it would i think brown brigade had a lot to do with that whenever they had that split but possible yeah i i no, i i really do i because i think he was the big driving force behind on on how technical and how metal they were for a while there anyway that'll be good for that'd be a fun episode to do because i'd love to get into a little bit of brown brown brigade too while we're talking some 41 that'd be cool one more we got a youtube comment on our slipknot episode episode 61 this is from 20 and 17 slipknot uses goats because you're either a goat or a sheep nothing to do with satan lol <laughs> well i mean that depends sometimes you need goats for <laughs> reasons i just thought it was because they were from iowa <laughs> goats <laughs> i thought i think that's what i said on the episode that it yeah was, it had more to do with iowa than satan i, was saying, I thought it was goats because they were the greatest of all times so dan what's up tell me about third strike oh third strike i used to describe third strike as the not shitty pod <laughs> because Dude. they played a uh well they didn't pl okay so 
it's a pretty uh that socal sound no SoCal I lost, new metal? Uh, no I'm, I'm looking for the right word it is a superficial similarity in the sense that they both played new metal with rapping predominantly as the lead vocal i thought the singer was better oh, i yeah. thought the lyrics were a little bit more intense um it's not to say that pod didn't have intense lyrics at times but uh you know with third strike man you've got a powerhouse band super tight and uh they just knew how to write a good song they knew how to write a good hook and they threw the rapping in and even listening to it in 2018 i don't think that it comes off as cheesy i think it actually has aged better than a lot of rap rock from that time aged yeah third strike is uh i can't it was a totally forgotten band for me i i listened to it quite a bit back in the day didn't even think about it and then dan's like hey we're doing a third strike and I'm like, I can't find it. And he's like, no, it's it's the number three RD. I'm like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I wrote out third, and it's a totally different band. And then so I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot. These guys were really good back in the day. And then I started going down the rabbit hole, and I, one of our favorite producers actually produced the album, which was... Toby Wright. Toby Wright. We'll see you in a couple months, sir. Yep. So that that was exciting because I'm a big Alice in Chains fan. It was good to hear something else of, of his. The other thing too, Jim Corthy, I think is how you say his last name. He's got a uh, an extended Metallica connection. He was in a band with the original bassist before Cliff. That is. Oh really? Uh, yeah. After he left Metallica, and Jim was actually the drummer in the band. So I, I thought that was kind of fun because I know we got some Metallica fans in, it, in our audience. So I, I figured you'd enjoy having that. What was that? Phantasm, I think, was the uh, was the thrash band that he was with okay. back in the day. I've definitely been looking forward to talking about Third Strike since we first started doing the podcast. When really? we originally tried to answer the question about how do we talk about a band that only put out one record, Third Strike was one of the bands that we mentioned. And we played with it for a little while, and we decided to try the double feature, which we did last year with Adam Ship and Death Therapy. But we always said we wanted to talk about Third Strike and the Fifth Element together. One from Southern California, the other from St. Louis. The Third Strike is my favorite new metal band. They exhibit every characteristic of a good new metal band. They're not cheesy. They have two guitarists. Neither one wants to play lead. The drummer is in the groove, in the pocket. The bass player can do whatever he wants, and you come back to them. Every song on this album is memorable, some of them less than others. But this is one of those records that when I first got it, I started listening to it, and then I realized I was on track 10 and I wanted more. One thing about Third Strike specifically is they are the only positive new metal band I can think of. Every other band was about partying, getting high, getting drunk, getting fucked. This one was about all this shit that I went through to get to where I am today. I'm going to tell you about it so it doesn't happen to you. Not a Christian band. I've heard that accusation. I don't know, man. I'm going to step in on that for a second. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's a Christian band by any means, but there's definitely some spiritual uh, stuff in what he says. You know, uh, he talks about God on the album a bit, but again, it's not really like a preaching thing. I think this is uh, was it was just similar to Soulfly. There's spiritual 
things in there that are unique to him. Much like Zayo, this is just what he wanted to write about. Exactly. Well, the dude, I don't know if you guys know, between his early thrash days and whenever Third Strike came out, I mean, I mean, the dude essentially like ran the streets, lived on the streets, you know, part of the gang culture and, you know, dude had a pretty rough life. It was not, yeah, it wasn't the white suburban mindset that most new metal seemed to have come from. Right. I mean, and I think that's part of the reason why I liked it so much is like, it was real, I guess is the best way to put it. I I believed, uh, even if you're not even listening to the lyrics, which I am prone to do, you believe everything that he's saying because of how emotional he is about whatever it is that he is talking about. He's got so much passion in his voice that, you know, it just, it really resonates. And I'm, I'm with Joe. This is like one of my favorite new metal bands of all time. I was really excited once I realized who in the hell it was that we were covering. Cause I, you know, once I, I, once no light came on, I was like, Oh shit, it's that band. It was one of the few, you know, new metal slash metal bands I get to when I was younger uh, and early in my marriage that I actually was allowed to play because Denise actually likes these guys. And I'm like, all right, I'll play it. And it just kind of fell by the wayside as time went by whenever new metal kind of fell out of favor. But like Dan said, these guys aged really, really well. I mean, this music is still good. It's really, really good. Yeah, this band is definitely in my top five on new metal bands. Agreed. Because there's nothing compromised here. There's nothing um, that's held back. They are they are heavy when they need to be heavy. They are more soulful when they need to be soulful. Yeah, I didn't say soft because I don't think anything that this band talks about really could be considered soft or or trite or cheesy or anything. I mean that. It definitely is coming from the perspective of somebody who has seen some shit. And, uh, but again, for some reason, like it's all about self-improvement and, and we kind of follow his journey into, into enlightenment, so to speak, you know, uh, through these songs. It's unfortunate that he's no longer with us. Uh, that's, that's the most bittersweet part of the whole thing is they just, and nobody really knows what happened with him. I think he was just found dead. It wasn't a... He wasn't, it was natural causes. Yeah, he wasn't killed. It wasn't a drug overdose. It wasn't anything like that. It, we literally just found him unresponsive in his home, which sucks. I remember the week he died. I actually had a MySpace correspondence with him. Shows you how far back that goes. Third Strike put out this record. They toured for a couple of years, and then they were no more. And then one day, because this is how MySpace worked back in the day, I was searching for bands that I knew, and here popped up Third Strike with a picture that I had never seen, and it was Jim Conti. And I pulled up the music player, for those that remember MySpace and all of its musical glory, and there was this song that I had never heard. So I sent them just a quick message, and I remember being really happy because there were a lot of bands at the time that put out one record and then disappeared. Paul Sultra, Adam Ship. Third Strike, bands that I liked, and it at least looked like they were going to be doing new music. And I sent him a message and said, hey man, I just wanted to let you know that I'm really happy that you guys are coming back and working on new music. 
And I do not remember word for word what he wrote back, but it was something about how we are in a good place now, but we got to finish this record first. And then a couple days later, we found out that he was dead. Yeah, it's rough, man. And it's like, ah, your band is almost perfect for the genre that you're in. You take a break, you come back, and then you're gone. I wonder, does does that mean that natural causes actually just makes it worse? Oh, yeah, because it's just a random thing. There's no reason for it. It sucks, man. But, I mean, at least he got his shit together. Yeah. You know, before, I mean, he, he went out, he went out on the high ground. Yeah, I know through, like, all of the ups and downs, uh, him and the guitarist, uh, I I believe it was one of the guitarists, they kind of, like, went through the whole ups and downs together throughout the entire band. And even before they came up with the name Third Strike, they were still doing shit together. You know, it's just kind of an an outlet. And this is as close uh, to a perfect new metal album as you can get, in my opinion. This might be... This is easily my favorite album that we've done out of all of the albums for New Metal May. And I don't think it's even remotely close. It's that good. I think it's it's damn near just perfect new metal album. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it is pretty damn close to perfect. It's funny because when Roach Coach covered it, one of their criticisms of it, which I thought was kind of funny, was that it was too perfect. I don't know how you can really describe something as being too perfect, but uh, damn it, they found a way. Well, I have been quoted as saying this is the definition of new metal. So yeah. what they think is just overproduced? Is that their meaning of, maybe, of too perfect? Yeah, maybe a little too smooth. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, you know, the Joneses like. across the street that have all the money and the perfect family and all that stuff. Like, there is maybe something, at least to them, I don't feel this way, but maybe to them it kind of felt that way, that it was just too smooth. So they're jealous. They're jealous. <laughs> that's right, guys. The Roach Coach crew is fucking jealous of Third Strike. But they did, they did read Joe's thoughts on the band uh, before the podcast, so I mean... In my personal opinion, just listen to what Joe said, turn it off, and you're good. (laughs) (laughs) He's uh, most definitely kidding, Mr. Noss. Please don't delete us from the internet. Right, yep. I just think that means that Toby did his job. See, I really, uh, I like some songs more than others. Um, The cover is probably my least favorite song on here. Well, you are fundamentally right and wrong at the same time. Blind My Eyes, definitely one of my favorites. I love Lies. I love Cities on Fire. Love strung out, and yeah, then there's that cover song. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely the weak spot on here. It was played differently, and they made some type of change that brought it into their style. The uh, the hip hop bridge, I believe that's what it was this time. Yeah, it was definitely beefed up from the original, which I appreciated, and I liked the way the music sounded on it. Uh, and really, I had no issue with the singing because yeah, I mean his singing, he does a really good Ozzy. That's yeah. for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, though, is that, man, that, that fucking rap core break in the middle of it just killed so much emotion for me. It is the only moment on the album that I would say does, in fact, sound kind of cheesy because you're taking a heavy metal classic and you're throwing rap vocals over the top of it with turntable scratches and the whole bit. And it's just like, holy shit, guys. I mean, did how did you think this was going to go over? I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Do you think that <laughs> that was also wrong? Do you think kind of like Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal, 
that it was written or put on the album as a chance to be a single is something that they they could have skyrocketed them higher because even though we're you know we're shitting on it in 2018 the rap part may not have been as badly interpreted back when this came out as as it no, is now. No, it was because, like I said, that this album when it was first out got a lot of airplay in my house, and uh, yeah, the single uh, "No Light," ooh, all lies, all lies. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. That's really really good. I'm showing my lack of good memory, but I actually paid attention to lyrics on one of the songs, so I'm going to be leaning on on Dan. For this, one of the songs they were talking about how I was thinking it's all lies, but they were talking about how you know everything that you hear about you know the like how gang is gangs are family and they take care of their own and it's all a bunch of bullshit. Oh, that was uh, breathe it out. Is that breathe? Whenever it out? he's like you know before you kill your brother and you think that that makes you a man, try to tell his mother why she'll never see your son again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So remember what I said about positive. That is probably my favorite song on here yeah it's a good one and it's as weird as it sounds it's actually because of the lyrics man wow one of the things about this record that i like is the positivity and i like like that lyric we just talked about how he kind of calls the gang mentality out for what it is for being hypocrisy and then just being an excuse for violence you know and kind of going through those consequences that he's experienced in real life you know, and that all that comes together as a very sincere, heartfelt record. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I know it's kind of like groundbreaking that Jeff likes a song on an album the most because of the lyrics, but it it straight up like it hit home for whatever reason. Like I could, I believed him. That was when I was back going through and listening to this again. That's the song on this album that really sold me that made me realize you know this dude's had it rough and he's speaking from the heart and it really just made everything on this album more believable and just made me want to connect with the guy even more and it just makes it like we said earlier makes it suck you know that he's not with us anymore i mean that's it's incredibly depressing uh because i i I think there's so much more that could have been done would that be your final thought on this band? Yeah, it would. I mean, I I, I love that song. I mean, it, that song hit me straight in the feels, man. Yeah, that's a really good one. That was one of the, after I heard No Light, I thought that was a cool song. And then they actually did play Breathe It Out on the radio. And that was what I was like, okay, I have to get this album. You know, and I uh, was not disappointed really at all. And still listen to it to this day. I mean, it's, it is literally one of the greatest albums I've ever heard in this genre and uh i wouldn't say it's the best one we've talked about this month but it definitely um it's definitely up there man it's the for me and i think for joe it's the best that we've talked about this month i have said it third strike will not be the most popular band to headline the definitive new metal show but they are one of the contenders for the most new metal band of all time and i think it's good music And I want everybody that hasn't listened to it to listen to it. And anyone that has and thought it was kind of cheesy to give it another chance. Yeah, it's not cheesy. Uh, It's one of the few times I'll tell you to listen to the lyrics and you'll you'll realize that it, it this is real music. I mean, this guy is talking about real things that have happened to him and he's dealing with them. 
yeah it's lyrically is one of my favorite albums that we've done on the podcast so far which is crazy in 2017 decibel geek brought us rock and pod expo in nashville tennessee this summer they're doing it again rock and pod expo 2 on august 25th Tell us about it, Dan. We couldn't be more thrilled to be appearing at Rockin' Pod this year. In an effort to help support this amazing event, we are throwing in some perks for you guys to help raise the funds necessary to make this event happen. A $35 donation on behalf of Discography Discussion to the Rockin' Pod Expo gets you a limited edition Discography Discussion hand-painted beer glass and the option to choose what band we talk about in an upcoming episode of the podcast. This also includes your admission to the Expo, access to an exclusive podcast made only for contributors to the event and we can't wait to meet some of you guys there in person we'll be hanging out chatting all day keep in mind on these perks there are only three of them available so act fast and we hope to see you there so dan tell me about the fifth element the fifth element is a fantastic science fiction thriller starring bruce willis yes and mila jovovich yeah gary oldman yeah, it was great, great movie, pretty cool. Yeah, started my crush with Mila Jovovich. Yep. So that's it. <laughs> yep. Oh, you, oh, the band. I think he means the band. The band, of the Fifth Element. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same spelling. See if you if you Google the Fifth Element, you're only going to get the movie. <laughs> so don't even try. Anyway, the Fifth Element was a new metal, almost hardcore band from St. Louis, Missouri, that was active. Tip around 2000 to 2003 I want to say and uh, this is a pretty mind-blowing band for me I saw them live a few times and they used to play this song called recreational war games which was at the time a pretty damn intense song Uh, this is not how local bands from st. Louis sounded typically Uh, and so I really liked the I really liked how heavy the band was I liked their turntables I even like the clean vocals, but what I did really like was the screams. This band had screams in spades, and uh, they were a huge influence on me. And that's why I tell everybody this is my favorite new metal album, even if it's not necessarily the best one that's because out it's there. Not. It is my favorite, so tread lightly. What Dan said about not being able to find it was completely accurate. So he uh, shared like 64k, like mp3s that sounded like shit with me oh those were the mp3s from your old laptop oh probably God. yeah <laughs> dude i should have done a, i should have done a lossless yeah I, and that might <laughs> you know if you've listened to this this podcast enough you know that i'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to audio quality and it was almost to the point of unlistenable just because of how sh- how shitty it was so i didn't know if it was that or if it was production quality and talking does it sound better in your headphones now yeah it does absolutely it does sound better on my headphones than it did at home where i could i could tell everything that was wrong and i'm like god this production quality is the worst of any band that we've ever listened to on uh, on discography discussion really worse than ganglia but we yeah, haven't but covered Ganglia yet. We haven't yet. covered Ganglia. But we've listened la- to it in this studio yeah, but together. I, but I also might have had a few too many beers and just thought it was fucking crazy, and that's why I enjoyed it. Well, you can at least hear Ganglia really well. Yes. So there's that. It's good. It's not bad. It's not bad. Strong stance there, Jeff. It's average. And Ooh. in coming from St. Louis at that time, you know, we'd take average because 
it's nothing but butt rock in St. Louis. Especially in 2002. Yeah, so, I mean, average here, coming from here, means you're a fucking god. See, I feel like this band, if they, you know, cleaned up a little bit and had better production and had gotten really good promotion, I think they could have been, you know, up there with the Il Ninos of the world. Really? They definitely were heavy enough. Um, their screams are just ungodly crazy for the kind of music that they play. And I think that there are times where they do break that. Like, there are times where I think they bro- go over the line and go from this new metal sound into that more hardcore, almost metalcore sound. Yeah, I'm fine with that. The, like you said, the screams are good. Actually, I, I like the, the harmonizing on the vocals for the most part as well. It's just whenever he's out on an island... He, he sounds like a whiny little bitch. Says the guy listened to emo. Yeah, I know. I know. How about that? The only whiny little bitch in my life is Jeremy Enoch. See, the only problem I have with this record is it goes from being really melodic, really heavy, the screaming vocals kick in, and then about halfway through the phrase, he turns into mashed potato mouth. <laughs> and that's the part of the screaming genre of vocals that I say, no, it's actually not good. Because now, no matter what you write on that sheet of paper, you're not actually saying it. It's the same argument I have with well, black metal. It. When you're inhaling this low guttural tone, and then you give me five paragraphs on a sheet of paper, you're, you're not saying any of that. You might be thinking it while you're expelling that guttural tone, but you're not actually saying it. I think you're thinking about grindcore there. Black metal's just balls in a vice grip and then being stabbed in the nipples with ice picks. <laughs> my brief amount, my brief moments with black metal. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm probably the the biggest connoisseur of black metal in the in the room. No, no, you have no idea how far down the rabbit hole goes, my friend. <laughs> okay, well, you said you're brief, and I'm like, well, I've been listening to black metal for almost well, twenty years. So okay, so here's, I, I get what Joe's saying about it being mashed potato mouth. Like it, yeah, it goes nowhere. Uh, I, that doesn't bother me as much, because uh, I can I can still make out what he's saying for the most part. But he's kind of got that Aaron Lewis in the old Stained albums, the way he used to scream. Uh, it hits a very similar tone. It's a very similar pronunciation. I and dug that though. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard. But and it's it's gotta hurt. Like I said, I don't think it's proper technique at all. But uh, this was still kind of a pseudo new metal hardcore thing, so they didn't really know what they were going for. Uh, I do think that there are moments where the vo- screamed vocals are more brutal than are called for <laughs> by the music. It's always for you. It's always been the more brutal, the better. Well, yeah. If the band was brutal enough to accompany <laughs> what the guy was screaming, it'd be fine. You know, like I think. I think these vo- like this sounds like like this guy that's screaming right now could go off and join you name a metalcore band yeah easily like I mean there's no question um, however I think that the way he screams doesn't necessarily match the sound of the band because the band still has that new metal almost funky tone to the way they play they've got the turntables in yeah. you know and a lot of people say the same thing about Slipknot that they think Corey Taylor but I think Slipknot's music is crazy enough to match the intensity of what Corey's throwing down yeah where this is just like run of the mill new metal as far as music it's new metal with a metal core guy screaming over it but I think we just hit on why it's your, your favorite new metal band 
it's my life. Well, it's my life story, man. Like <laughs> seriously, when I was trying to start bands around this time, everybody played new metal. So, but like I had been developing my screams over time. So had I sat down in a studio and recorded an album with a band back in 2002, this is exactly what it would have fucking sounded like. <laughs> you, we would have had some. We would have had some smooth singer, you know, doing all the cleans, Joe. <laughs> and then I would have just been mashed potato mouth over the whole thing. <laughs> you know, we need to make that into a fucking t-shirt like right now. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> mashed potato mouth. And we'll just make this like dude out of mashed potatoes. Rock and pod expo 2018. Yeah. I think that's Joe, that's Joe's best catchphrase of the, of the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. We, yeah. need to, we need to make absolutely. that happen. That's my word. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I like about this record is that it's uh really dynamic in that there's a lot of different genres present here there's a little bit of butt rock there's a little bit of hardcore there's a little bit of metalcore it's mostly new metal i'd say it falls in there but i hear a lot of different bands in this band i hear cold i hear uh i hear slipknot i you know i hear a little bit of il nino uh hear even a little bit of 311 every now and again um it's, it's not it's not pulled off as well but they try. No, it's it's a local band. It's a local band with a little bit of money who spent some time in a studio. It's good for what it is. I enjoy it. And the only real negative I have with it is either the result of not enough time or not enough talent. Either way, I don't care. It's not a deal breaker. It's a fucking good record. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy this. I'm sorry that Jeff didn't get good quality. I'll just burn him an exacto copy. And go from there. Yeah, I, maybe we can revisit it at some point on like on a Patreon episode, and I'll yeah, I'll have a different perspective. We'll call it Jeff's Redemption. <laughs> red Je- Red Jeff's Redemption. But no, this record holds a special place in my heart, and I'm not going to try to sell it like it's the best thing in the world uh, because it's not. But at the same time, it is a good record that flows, and I feel like there were a lot of bands that were a lot more popular than The Fifth Element that did a lot better that they shouldn't have. Sometimes it's just about opportunity and who you know, and that's what it's always about. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, right? It has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with how good you are, man. There are tons of bands that no one's ever heard of that are way better than your favorite band. And uh, no, I thought this was cool. I thought this was uh, next level stuff. Uh, my favorite songs were "Recreational War Games," "Daniel Pants on Fire" because you know my name's in it. I really liked uh, "Pill Whore." That's a good one. Even New yep. Day is good. It's got yeah. a great album open. It just hits you as hard as it possibly can. And it's one of those stupid new metal things where since it's the fifth element, when you put the CD in, the first four tracks are silent. Well, we and then the you, first you song have starts to start on, on track, track five. five. Yeah. It's not the first element. It's not the second element. <laughs> it's not even the third or fourth. The sixth element is way out. <laughs> so the fifth element is the element of surprise. If you get to the sixth element, you've gone too far. But I have really have no clue what happened to this band. As far as I can tell, I know they used to play a lot of shows with Calico System back in the day. Wow, Do you that's guys remember a name Cal- from my past. Well, Calico System did it. They started off as a new metal band, and they went into the hardcore genre and did a lot better for themselves when they got there. Uh, but the Fifth Element was right on their coattails. But yeah, they were uh, they were. Really, I mean, for 
for me, they were one of the most important local bands that we had. And then one day they were just gone. And uh, the only thing I can know, I really know, is that I know that the lead singer of The Fifth Element has played in the band Soul Embraced before. And uh, he was actually going to be starting a side project with Rocky Gray of Soul Embraced because who hasn't collaborated with that guy? <laughs> and they were going to, and, and I think he was going to sing. So I may have gotten a spiritual successor to uh, the fifth element, but it would have just been the clean vocals because when I saw him live, the lead singer was not the one doing the brutal vocals. It was one of the other members. Oh, okay. Which is pretty common back then, you know? Right. You don't want to hurt that. You don't want to hurt that voice. Because even though, even though he's a little bit off sometimes on this record, I think with a little bit of vocal training, they could have cleaned him up considerably and you would have sounded great, you know. Uh, but yeah, I had no problem with it back then. I have no problem with it now. And I just wanted to throw that into New Metal May because, you know, whenever it's like, oh, they're talking about New Metal, one of the things we like about our show is that we hope sometimes that we can introduce people to bands they've never heard of before. And so to act, to be able to pull an obscure new metal band out is kind of a uh, kind of our deal. So yeah, it's fun. I mean, a lot because I didn't know much about the Fifth Element before uh, we did this episode. So I mean, it, it's it's not just where it's our audience. A lot of times it's the it's the members. Like I, I I'm pretty sure that I tortured both of these guys with uh, Viljarta. But what was that again? Viljarta. Or some it get out of my yard, ta. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> get out of my yard. Ta. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go ahead and say, Jeff, what are your final thoughts on New Metal May? It's I'm excited. It's over. <laughs> I tell you what, there's something in me that's changed in the year and a half that I've done this podcast. I think I've been corrupted. Dan is made me like everything that's brutal and, and vicious and uh, I don't have a whole lot of space for anything that's pretty anymore and there's just too much prettiness in new metal for me nowadays you know there's I don't know that's you know it was a nice trip down memory lane for the most part but I don't want to revisit it all the time once a year yeah I'm fine with that Sometimes in October. Well, every now and again, we're going to obviously review a new metal band as a normal part of the show, but yeah, a lot of those bands didn't stay new metal for long is the trend I'm noticing. Yeah, and, and thankfully so, because some of those bands became you know, pretty pretty good, like El Nino is a prime example of, I, I really actually... Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed their discography You know, the, once they moved away from new metal. So, yeah, I mean, there is that part of it. It's nice being able to see that progression and that change. But that also lets you know that there was just some producer that was looking for the next big buck that was like, hey, you guys need to play this this way. And then, the, you know, after that, you know, phase is done, then the band gets to go and produce, you know, on a smaller label and do things the way that they want. They kind of play ball with the mainstream so that yeah. they can continue to support what they're doing. Right. But then beyond that, they just kind of do whatever they want. Right. So what about you, Dan? Uh I really enjoyed uh, Il Nino, like Jeff did. I enjoyed Mudvayne quite a bit as well, uh, at least at the beginning. That Same was a here. fun, a fun trip down memory lane. Um, I think with new metal for me, I I have come to appreciate it 
uh, similar to what Jeff said, in the past year and a half, I have changed a lot as far as, I, you know, back in episode one when we were talking about Metallica, there's no way I would have agreed to do an entire month dedicated to new metal. You know, I would have been like, no, that's not what we want to do. That's not our show. But uh, thanks to podcasts like Roach Coach and Talk To Me, you know, they've kind of made me realize that, hey, there's a lot of this stuff that I did like, and it is part of my it is part of my growth as a music reviewer. So I give it the time of day now. Um, it's not really my regular rotation. I mean, me and Jeff can attest. I've been listening to a lot of really brutal shit in between uh, these just to kind of you know just just to kind of remember but what i've come away from this this may is that new metal is just a different kind of heavy um and it just kind of exists off in its own space i think if you're one of those people that likes to say music never got better than when i grew up if you ever needed an example of that not being true welcome to new metal may because music definitely got better after new metal but I enjoyed it, and I still enjoy it. It's still the foundation for a lot of my musical tastes, a lot of my musical techniques, the fact that I like to play all things heavy metal and rock at the same time. Started with new metal. And I enjoy being able to sit down and listen to music that is the music we grew up with. It's not the greatest. It's definitely not the most influential, but it's enjoyable. And it's nice in 2018 to see the music coming back and people starting to accept it for what it was, which is just enjoyable. And I want everybody to enjoy new metal. So what's your album of the week, Dan? Let It Enfolds You by Senses Fail. That's right. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I'm definitely going to cheat because I'm only going to do one song. So it's... uh by our buddies in American Standards, Weep. That is a great song. So that is definitely cheating. It's <laughs> well worth it. Like on the on a, the way to Mike's last night, I had it on repeat and listened to it like six times in a row. So that's almost a, a full EP of a single song. So well, it's new metal May. It's a creature feature. We talked about Third Strike and the Fifth Element. So I'm 99.9% sure my album of the week is going to be Lost Angel by Third Strike. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a cop-out too, but we'll take it. That's a great album, though. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, this has been episode 66 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. 